thankful to God, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. And, uh, but I prayed this morning on the way, and I said, Lord, I sure would like to worship you this morning. Man, if God didn't let us do that, I don't know what he did, amen. He sure is good. He's been so good to us. I couldn't help but think they were talking about that answer to prayer. And uh, it was about four years ago, my, when my middle boy, Timothy, got hit by a car. I saw it, and he ran across the road to me. I was cutting neighbor's grass. I was on my zero turn. Preacher, he flew like 20-something foot. I thought he was dead. I just knew he was dead. I started seeing all red. I believe I was going into shock. I jumped off the mower, and I ran over there. I said, God, no, he's dead. And he landed on the road, rolled off into the side there, and he was all mangled up looking bloody everywhere. And, uh, and I, I picked him up, because I know you're not supposed to touch him, but he landed in an ant pile. So I picked him up, brother, and did the best I could to keep him stiff, laid him on the grass, and God give me enough grace, preacher, I knelt down next to his lifeless body, and I said, I don't know what's going to happen right now, but whatever it does, I'll serve you and love you, I promise. I said, but I'm asking you for a miracle today. And, and then God said, God laid on my heart, brother, he said, pray for that man that hit him. And I didn't even know that. I said, God, help that man too. In Jesus' name, amen. And I opened my eyes with tears, and I saw feet right there. That man was listening to me pray the whole time. And uh, he went over and started knocking the ants off, off my son, and my son started crying. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. And I said, Lord, I'll give you the glory no matter what. We took him to the hospital. The ambulance took him. He didn't have one broken bone. No blood on his brain. They pulled him back. She said, you want to go back with him to the scans? I said, yeah, they come out and said, he's got no broken bones. I said, my God did that, amen. That's who did that. My God protected him. And he answers prayer, doesn't he? But I, I got to share this with you, though. About, about two years later after that, I was riding home one day, and it was just getting on in the van. My brother, I was driving, just me and the Lord. Holy Spirit got in there, and I started worshiping him. And I said, Lord, thank you. My mind went back to that day. I said, you spared my son. I want to thank you for sparing my son. Brother, I'm telling you, Brother Puckett, it was almost like the Lord spoke to me when I was worshiping. He said, yeah, but I didn't spare mine for you. I said, oh, God, you've been so good to us. You've been so good. I couldn't imagine. My, my brother's lost. He's lost. No, no, he needs to be saved. And I called my brother the other day. I did not know this. My mom told me after the phone call, he was talking about he wanted to end his life. I didn't know this, brother. It's just God's goodness and timing. I called him. I said, I said, how you doing? He said, good. I said, can I share something with you? I won't preach to you. I just want to share something with you. He said, man, go ahead. You, you do what you want. And I said, you know, Adam walked with God in the garden. And then, uh, you know, when sin, sin messed it up, like it does for everybody, for all of sin, it comes short of the glory of God. And I said, he didn't, get to see, he didn't get to see God no more. He got kicked out of the garden. I said, and then when Adam died physically, he went down to the heart of the earth. The Bible calls paradise Abraham's bosom. And I said, Michael, he had to stay there some 4,000 years until the Son of God died on the cross. And I said, when the Son of God died on the cross, the Bible says he ascended into the heart of the earth. And I said, could you imagine if Adam saw him coming? And he said, oh, I haven't seen him in so long. And he ran up to him, and he saw holes in his hands, preacher, and he saw blood on him, and he said, what happened? And he looked at Adam. What if he looked at Adam and lifted up his hand and says, I fixed it. I fixed it. My brother called me the next day, preacher. He called me. He was crying. He said, oh, I can't stop thinking about it. He fixed it. I said, me neither. Me neither because he fixed it good. Amen. I believe you get born again. God puts something inside you. They don't go away. Amen. And, and you don't want it to go away. Praise God. It's the best thing that ever happened. You give your life to Jesus Christ. You get saved by the grace of God. You'll never regret it. The Bible says, whosoever believes on the Lord shall not be ashamed. That word, that word ashamed, it means to be confounded. I've walked around, brother, I've made a lot of decisions, scratching my head in life like, brother, why did I do this? But I have never woke up a day in my life saying, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done this. Getting saved is the best thing that has ever happened. 
to anybody on planet earth. I mean, the Prince of Peace, the Son of God moves in, dear brother. He moved into a religious guy that one day. He got saved, and the peace which passeth all understanding will flood your heart and soul. Amen. I got born again on a jail cell floor. April 2nd, 2011, birthed into the family of God. I wasn't, I didn't come from a church, a church going family. As a matter of fact, the only time my family mentioned God was in vulgar ways. We didn't have anything in our home. It was, it was, it was wild and rough the way that they lived. But I remember in West Palm Beach, Florida, I was about a seven or eight year old boy. This bus come through the neighborhood, and I, I watched them. I watched them preach. They was going up knocking on doors. They had suits on, and they were giving kids candy. And then they'd come back the next day, which was Sunday, and they'd pick them up. And I said, Mom, can I go with them? She said, go, get out of the house, go. Yeah. And I got on that bus, and a man in a suit like this, he come to me, he said, young man, you've got to invite Jesus Christ into your heart to get saved and get to heaven. I said, okay. And we got to that church preacher. I'll never forget. I remember the smell of that church. I just, I remember everything about it. It was so peaceful and serene there. And, and a man come to me and said, you want a, you want a piece of candy? I said, yeah. He said, can you memorize the verse? I said, oh, sure, I'll do that. And he said, I want you to memorize John 3, 16, King James. Amen. John 3, 16. I've known that since I was a little boy. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him uh, should not perish but have everlasting life. I never forgot. Well, God planted the seed when I was about seven or eight years old. I didn't do it that day, and I went on to live life my way. By the time I was 26 years old, I had felonies and misdemeanors in three different states. I'd been out and out of jail all my life. I was manufacturing drugs, and I was, I was running from the law. We were robbing people. We were doing whatever we wanted to do. I couldn't trust one person that I was running with. I mean, you turn your back on them, they would do who knows what to you. My wife and I were all but divorced. We were hanging on by the thread of the mercies of God. I mean, she wouldn't come to me, and I wouldn't come to her. I had one son. He was, he was a little under one year old, and I wanted to be the best dad I could because my dad was never there for me, and I knew how that hurt as a young man, so I didn't want that, but I was doing the complete opposite. And I ran. It got to a point in my life where I believe I, believe I opened so many doors to demonic activity that I was hearing voices. And, uh, and I got scared. I thought people were trying to come and get me that I had robbed or what happened. I didn't know what had happened. And, uh, and they took the, the police took me to the hospital and they put me in this room and they wanted to take me and put me somewhere, but I, I broke out of that room and I was still hearing those voices. I didn't know what, I didn't think of spiritual, I wasn't thinking of anything, I didn't know what I was thinking. And I crawled up in the ceiling of that hospital, I was just trying to get out of there, I didn't know it was going to shut the whole hospital down, but it shut the whole hospital down. And I stayed up in that ceiling for about a day and a half. I hadn't eaten anything in days, hadn't drank anything in a couple of days. And I remember I was so scared out of my mind. The Bible says, the, right, uh, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And I remember I was up on a piece of duct work up in that ceiling. They looked for me. I watched them. I tucked myself around a little crack where they couldn't see me. And then uh, and, and I finally stopped and I said, God, I said, God, if you'll just let me die here, I won't die like what I'm hearing these voices tell me I'm going to die like if you'll just let me die here. I didn't get saved in that ceiling, but I stopped hearing them voices. And so I fell asleep. I, I, I just fell asleep on that piece of ductwork, and I heard some rustling when I woke up. I don't know how long I was out, and I saw lights come on in the drop tile ceiling below my feet, and I went to go move. I could have moved, preacher. I could have got off in a corner, and, and they wouldn't have seen me, brother. It was so small, and that's where I kept hiding. And something on the inside said, why don't you just give up? And so I gave up. That man opened the ceiling. He looked up and saw me. He said, fellas, I found him. 
They come, they book me in, they give me more felonies. I got felony charges for shutting down government facility. And uh, they took me in. My wife saw me. She was crying. She come in there. She said, she said, I thought you were dead. And, uh, and they took me into that old jail cell. I'd been in and out of this jail, brother. I couldn't tell you how many times. My name was all over them walls. And, uh, and they put me up front. They said, you're going to have to be psychiatrically evaluated before we put you in, with the back, in the back with those folks back there. And they stuck me in a cell. I believe it was April 2nd, 2011, 26 years old. These thoughts were running through my mind about I'm sick and tired of this life. I've tried everything, and this ain't working for me. I, I'm, just, I'm done with this. I was as broken as broken could be, friend. There was no more living that life that I wanted, none of that. It just got that to that point. But the biggest thing was I was sick of me. And I remember, preacher, I got down on my knees on that jail cell floor. Nobody was in there but me and the Holy Ghost of God. And I got down on my knees and I looked. There was a concrete ceiling above me. I looked far past that concrete ceiling, friend. And I stretched up my arms and I said, God, I'm sick and tired of this. I'll give you my life and I won't take it back. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it right now and I won't take it back. Friend, I got born again. Gloriously saved by the grace of God. Brother, you talk about floating it, come in there, it wrapped me up. The love of God so real. I wept. Tears were streaming down my cheeks and I couldn't stop sobbing and weeping. It was so good, friend. I mean, the weight of sin just lifted off of my body. I was afloating in there, friend. And I knocked on that door. I said, LT, I need a Bible. Amen. I need a Bible. He brought me the NIV, which ain't a Bible at all. But I ended up getting a KJV, bless God, the Word of God. And I had to do a six-month term. Preacher, I was supposed to go down the road. They, they give me a prison sentence. I was supposed to go down the road, brother. But God, in His infinite mercy, worked it out where I could do my time two for one in the, in the county jail. And I was able to get out. They let a jail that doesn't let anybody come in and preach nothing. They let my wife bring me a King James study Bible. I started getting excited. I started reading the Word of God. Find out I was already doing the things the Holy Spirit was telling me to do that were in the Word of God. Giving. Stop talking that filthy mess. Stop thinking about that. Can I, can I just share one blessing with you? They, they brought this. They were, they were whittling holes in the windows of visitation so men were getting drugs and stuff in. Never in my life, brother, have I, I mean, I had marks up and down my arms. Never in my life have I said no to the substances. I tried. I tried to get those shackles off. They wouldn't come off. I, I, I tried. And when the Lord saved me, this guy came in there. He said, Brother Anthony, he said, he said Anthony will, you, will you do something for us? I know you know how to do it. And I said, yeah. And I walked in there, saved man in that cell. And, and I did that thing for him. And he handed me that in the lighter. He said, here, Roller's right. You can do it. And, brother, for the first time in my life, I had peace. And somebody on the inside said, you don't need to do that anymore. And I looked at that man, preacher, I smiled, I said, no, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. Brother, I had tears streaming down my cheeks. I walked out of that cell in victory, friend, in victory. Never have I ever done that before, but God helped me that day. Can I tell you, I've never touched a drug or drink by the grace of God since that day in my life. It was genuine deliverance, friend. That's not turning over a new leaf. That's not doing something for yourself. That's salvation in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. Is your life broken this morning? God can put it back together. But you got to be willing to let him do it. Amen. Listen, you're going to have to humble yourself and come down to an old-fashioned altar and call on the God of heaven. Ask the Son of God to save you this morning. You can be born again this morning if you're lost and undone. Hey, those problems will go away. God will help you with them. Amen. I don't face those things anymore, brother. God, God delivered me from those. 
Listen, I wake up every morning. You want to know why I get out of the bed in the morning? Oh, this is good. I don't get out of the, I, the Lord lets I have a plumbing company. The Lord's blessed. I don't get out of bed to go make money, brother. I don't get out of the bed to do any other thing, but I know there's an old black book sitting in the yonder in there, and it's got something for me to start the day. And there's a God in heaven that's ready to talk to me that morning. Brother, that makes me stop pushing snooze and get out of the bed and get in that other room and to hear from heaven. Amen. Listen, if you're not saved, you're in a place where you can be saved today. Amen. But you've got to make the decision. You've got to make the choice. Jesus said, come, he'll give you life. But you've got to come. Amen. You've got to come as you are. Be willing to give it all to him. Amen. Preacher, I want to thank you for the opportunity today. I love Brother Puckett. I told my pastor, he said, he said I've heard of Brother Puckett. I said, yeah. I said, I like him. I said, he, uh, he gets excited about salvation. Amen. <laughs> I said, I like folks that get excited about salvation. And, uh, and I told him I was thankful for his friendship. We see him at meetings, different meetings going around. And uh, thankful for the opportunity, preacher. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I realize this is not a, it's not a light thing to me if a man will open up the pulpit to come and preach. This is a very important place. I understood that. I knelt down there just a second ago and said, God, your folks need something this morning from heaven. And I pray that you'd give it. I want to I preach to the church this morning. If the Lord will help me. I want you to look with me in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter number four. We're living in, in, in perilous times. There's, there's no doubt in my mind things are happening. You see it, we see it. That, that brother did a good job this morning in Sunday school. I appreciate that. And uh, he was talking about it as well. But I believe God's given us the remedy. Amen. And uh, we're more than conquerors, by the way, through him. And, and, and we're, we're, we're victorious because Jesus is victorious. He never fails. Amen. Well, wasn't that good? Everything was just lining right up, and I couldn't help but have it. I can't help it's over there. I was about to start to get the don't cares and just stand up and say, glory to God, it was, it was all lining up. Amen. And I love it when the Lord does that. Hallelujah. Uh, I want you to look with me in Luke chapter number 4. I don't know if you folks stand. If you, if you, if you don't, that's fine. If, if you want to stand, if you can, and you're physically able, I'll be brief. I'm not going to read the whole passage. Uh, just about 14 verses, if that's all right. Amen. 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 I know this is a familiar uh, passage, but please don't let, don't let familiarity rob us of a blessing this morning. Uh, I believe God's given us something and he can help us. The Bible says in verse number one, the gospel according to Luke chapter number four, verse number one, and Jesus, listen to this now, being full of the Holy Ghost, he's already full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, uh, he, hung, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Now I want you to look in verse number 6. In my mind and in my Bible I underlined what the devil said, all this power. Now, I want you to keep that in your mind. He's wanting to give the Lord power. He said, if thou, uh, if thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only thou, uh, shalt thou serve. <clears throat> and he brought him to a Jerusalem, set him on a pinnacle of a temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. 
For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands uh, they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now look what takes place here. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him. Notice this first season, he's coming back, amen. And Jesus returned, notice this, in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about, and he taught in their synagogues being glorified of all. I wrote under that verse right there, this is what the Spirit does, because according to John, he said he will glorify me. And since he was being glorified, it was evident that the power of the Spirit was resting on the Lord. Would you pray with me that the Lord would help us? Father, we love you. We thank you, my God, for the privilege. It's an honor and a privilege to be in your house today, Lord. Thank you for letting us worship you. Thank you for the wonderful testimonies and the hearts of your people just being stirred at your goodness and love. And Father, I pray you'd speak to us now from your word. Realize I stand in a place that man can't do a thing, but we need the touch of God. And we're going to need the spirit of God to move. Walk up and down every pew, every aisle, touch every heart with the precious word of God. And take that soul-searching light from heaven and shine down and show us who we are in the light of your word and in the light of your countenance. I pray you put a hedge about us today and protect us from the imps of hell and the devil. I know he doesn't like what you're trying to do in here this morning. He doesn't like this place. He's like who we are because, God, he hates you. And I pray you'd have your will and way and your will be performed and you'd give me the words to speak. And, Father, I pray most of all in everything that you would get the honor and glory. Save that one that's here nearest hell, Lord. I'm sure you're dealing with somebody about salvation i pray they'd be willing to humble themselves and turn from their sin give you their heart and life and we'll praise you thank you for what you do in jesus name amen you can be seated i'm interested in this passage this morning what interests me about what i just read is that when you read and study the gospels you find that the Lord Jesus Christ, everything he did was for our example. Would you not agree? God did not have to do any of this thing. Brother, God did not have to leave glory. But everything the Lord did was for us. Everything God did in the Word of God, we learn from it because He is our end sample. That means He's the carbon copy. He is the replica. And the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And God wants us to, come to conform to the image of His Son. That's, that means He's pushing us into a mold, if I could say it that way, that when we pull out, we're to look like Jesus. And what He's doing is He's chiseling everything out of our lives that does not look like the Son of God. That is sanctification and progressive sanctification as we grow. And when you look at the Word of God, it's interesting to me that before the Lord starts His public ministry, before He goes out and openly professes who He is and goes out into this thing, there's some things He does here, and He goes through in Luke chapter number 4 through this, this wilderness, if I could say it that way. And when, when I began to read this passage, I got into verse number 6, and I saw the devil's wanting to give Him power, okay? The devil's wanting to give God power. He's tempting Him, of course, we know that. He's a deceiver, amen. He's the father of all lies. That's who He is. And, uh, and He's trying to give the Lord power. Now notice in verse number Number one, the Lord's already full of the Holy Ghost. And so he's following the Spirit of God through this temptation. But in verse number 14, the Bible says after all these things are finished, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit. That word is unique. It's, it's, in the Greek, it's dunamis. 
It's where we get our word dynamite from. Amen. That means he came back with explosive power. Hallelujah. The word means, it means specifically miraculous power. Amen. If you're going to see miracles in your life and in mine, it's got to be through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He said unto him that's able to give us, uh, do more through that power that lives in us, that, that, that dwells inside us. That's the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. That's power. And I believe when we read through this passage, the Lord showed us here by example, because remember, keeping in mind, he didn't have to do this. But why, brother? I asked God, why did he do this, Lord? Why did you do this? Well, I wanted to show you something. There's some things I believe God did in this wilderness that if we'll do the same thing, we could have the touch of God in our life. And I'm not going to put a time frame on you and I, but I will say this, God did it in 40 days. And the Lord showed us there's some steps that we can take in our life if we're willing to make and take these steps that we can have the power of God in our life. And that's what I want to preach on to the church this morning. If the Lord help me, church, how we can have the power and the touch of God in our life. Amen. This is specifically miraculous power. The word means it's a force. Amen. It's a, it's a mighty work. You ever heard, dear saints of God, preacher, I know you have. We've seen them. We've even got some stories to tell. They get up and they just got all these wonderful things they say. And I'm like, my, my, I would love to see God do something like that. I would have loved to have been there with God. I think of Brother Bob Ford. He goes, around bearing precious seed then brother bob ford has more stories to tell than anybody i've ever heard i don't even know how many countries he's been to giving out the word of god but he has got these miraculous things he's seen happen he just was going in the power of the spirit and god was showing him some things in his life amen and uh, i believe god can give us that ability i know he can according to the word of god if we're willing to do some things. So you say, Brother Curley, how can I have the power of God or the touch of God in my life? Well, it's simple, and it's outlined in these passages right here. Number one, this is simple, but listen, number one, you have to follow God. Amen. Look at verse number one. It says, our brother touched on it this morning in the Sunday school. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit. He just simply did what God told him to do. Amen. Listen, you're not going to be the lone ranger in the church and expect to have the touch of God in your life. He was talking about the body of Christ and the different gifts. And I thought about it. You know what the, you know what the definition of a dysfunctional home is? It's having all the components to operate and be right, but ain't none of them in their place. Hey, you can have all the watches, all the pieces for a watch, put it in a box and shake it up, but it ain't going to work a bit until everything gets in its place. Listen, God the Holy Ghost is going to tell you and I what we need to do, and we're going to have to be willing to follow him. Look, I know, I know young men right now, and I tell them, they'll watch, they, and some people have just been blessed. They've got the opportunity to go out, and God's let them start a business. And, and, but these young men I get to interact with at different churches, they, they want to go out and they want to they start a business or get in something making $400 an hour, amen. And I said, that's just not practical. You can't do that. And I've watched some of these same young men, preacher, they'd leave and they'd go get a job because it paid more, but it pulled them out of the house of God. Listen, you ain't following God like that, friend. I'm, I'll declare to you this morning, I, I just believe this, preacher, you'll never persuade me that a job that's going to take you from the house of God when you were in the house of God is going to be the will of God. God wants us, he said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more. As you see the day approaching, I need that exhortation, brother. Sister, I need that exhortation, and you do too, and we need to be in the house of God. You've got to follow God if you're going to want to touch God in your life. You have to make those decisions. 
uh, young lady, if you're, if you're praying about uh, courting and marrying a young man, or, or a young man, if you're praying about courting and marrying a young lady, listen, I, this is just me now. I, you take it for what you will. I'd ask them what they do in their church. Are you serving in your church? If you look at what happened in the garden, preacher, he got saved. God made him. He gave him life. Amen. And then, and then he put him in a place to serve. That was the garden. That's for us. That's the church. Amen. You get born again, God will put you in a place. The next thing he did when he was doing everything he was supposed to do, God brought him a bride. Amen. amen. And if you're looking at somebody else, if they go to a different church, I'd say, well, what do you do in your church? Because if you've got the desire in your heart to serve and you get yoked up with somebody that doesn't, you're going to be stuck with somebody that just does not want to serve God. And, and, and we, I just, I'm just going to be, be, be clear this morning. We put on a front sometimes, don't we? We, we? we make ourselves look a little better than we really are. Man's got a tendency to do that. And you could meet the other person you think might be right. But I, I would never go aside from what parents have to say, number one. But definitely what the man of God's opinion would be on that thing, too. But you've got to follow God got to follow God. Amen. And, uh, and the brother talked about it this morning. Folks get their feeling hurt by the preaching of the word or something going on in the church or I can't do this or I can do that. You know, it's these little things that get you out of the best place that you could be. And God never led nobody out of the house of God. Amen. Unless he was moving them for service somewhere else. Amen. It's following God. It's simple. The Lord left being full of the Holy Ghost and returned from Jordan, he was led by the Spirit. Why, Lord, were you led by the Spirit? He didn't do it for himself. He did it for us to see. The first step is following God. If you're lost in here this morning, the only way to follow God is to be saved by the grace of God. You've got to be regenerated. You, need a, you don't need a boost from below. You need a birth from above. Amen. You need to be born again. Amen. You need to get birthed into the family of God. Follow God in salvation. Amen. I've never regretted, preacher. I've never regretted that day I gave my life to Christ. And I, I, don't, I don't believe I ever will. I don't think there's anybody that's ever walked the face of planet Earth who's truly been saved by the grace of God. My brother said, I wish I'd have never done this. The only thing I've ever heard is I wish I'd have done this a long time ago. I should have done this in my early years. Amen. And wouldn't have to have those scars, brother, those things that we drag around. Amen. Follow God, but then look at, look at what else the Lord did here. They have the touch of God in your life, that power, that dunamis, that dynamite, that specifically miraculous power. We follow God, but notice he was filled up on the word of God. Everything he said, it is written. It is written. Can I say this, church? We are living in a biblically illiterate society today. Listen, the Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving, grace, uh, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. He said, in worship and in my singing, the word of God is going to affect you. I'm going to tell you something. You get a saint of God that's born again in the word of God at the house, they won't come in here with a poochie lip, amen. You ain't got to be pumped and primed with 26 different songs. If you've been worshiping God in his word, you'll worship him in his house. Amen. I just believe that, preacher. You won't have to be stirred. Preacher won't have to kick you to get a holy grunt. Amen. You'll come in. Somebody's going to say, that man needs a muzzle. Amen. You'll want to glorify God. Hallelujah. You'll get in the word of God. It's the scriptures that's going to do it. Look, I'm telling you the truth. We need to let this trickle in through our lives and wash us out. We need to open. I always pray. I say, God, take me like a dry sponge and stick me in the water of the word and let go and let me soak it up. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to remember. That brother was talking about members that work part-time. I think my brain does that. Amen. But I want it to be that the word of God. 
And you know, I say this, I say this jokingly, but it's the truth that things I've done in my past have affected my mind. But the grace of God, preacher, has let me memorize Scripture. And He's helped me to do that. And I thank God for that, to have the Word of God. It's the sword of the Spirit, amen. This is our offensive weapon right here. I'm asking, are you still committing verses to your memory? Are you still searching the Scriptures? The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Did you hear that? He said, approved unto God. Hey, you get in the Word, young man. You get in that Word and you let it be just flow through you. God's going to say, I can use him. I can use him to do something. Next thing you know, you and me, when I first got saved, I saw this brother. He sat on the front row. He's not in church anymore. He's a good brother. I still pray for him. And he had, a, he had a suit and tie. I never wore a suit before I got saved except some jumpsuits. And he had a suit and tie. He sat on the front row. He'd hang the man of God on. Amen, preacher, amen. And I remember thinking he'd help me get his Bible and stuff. I said, preacher, I said, I want to be like that. God, I want to be like that man right there. That's what I want to be like. I want to do something for God. And I'm telling you the truth. It wasn't a couple years later, preacher. I was praying, God, I can't do all this by myself. I need some help, the Lord, to load your wagon. But you've got to get in his word, amen. Amen. Amen, it's the word of God. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. That's a balanced life. Amen. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good sex. Let me, let me, let me bring it down to our level. When you get 20 extra minutes in the day, do you pick this thing up here? Hey, these things are killing us. I'm just going to tell you. It's social media mess. It's killing us, friend. It's dragging our minds. It's entertainment. It's dragging us off the Word of God. Hey, people wax so spiritual. I don't have it. I don't know. I don't see it. But I hear that people get real spiritual on Facebook. Amen. But they, don't, they don't say amen in the house of God. They, now I love my church, but they'll go out and run it down to the community. Amen. It's killing us. We need to be people of meditation. Hallelujah. Let the Word of God filter our minds. Amen. They said that one brother, his brother Bill, I believe, I, I think it was Brother Bill, they said he was supposed to go blind. Doctors told him he was going to lose his sight. And, uh, and so he said, God, help me memorize Scripture before I do so. He, I don't even know how much it was. It was Brother Samuel. It was so much of it. And, uh, but he was able to keep his sight, but the man could quote books of the Bible. And, and one man said, I don't know if it was him or Brother Biddle, but one man, they, they said he testified and said, when I started memorizing so much scripture, my thoughts changed. Yeah. My, my mind was just on good things. The word of God working in us. Do you give the word of God time and opportunity to work in your life? Or is it always this? Is it always, is it always turned out, you know, they used to preach on that TV preacher. Brother, Brother Roloff would kick that thing out the window as hard as he could, Amen. <laughs> I love it. And then a cell phone came back in. You know, you, know, you wouldn't hear so much preaching on, on pornography and all these things. Look, it used to be, brother, back in the day, if you were going to do that, you had to acquire some sort of a, of, of a book or magazine or a, t- a tape or something. But now everybody in here has something at, the, at their fingertips with access to it. Could that be that's why you're hearing so much preaching on it? And the wicked things that people are looking at. What are you looking at this morning? You ain't going to have the power of God in your life looking at that filth. You need to get in tune with God and His Word. If you're born again, it better be the spiritual things you're seeking after. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. When I got saved, I was told when that word shall is found, it means it's going to come to pass and ain't nothing going to stop it. Amen. But see, we, we got filled up on everything else. And we come in the house of God, we're not hungering and thirsting after the right things. 
You watch a deer saying, God's been at home praying and reading. They'll come in and they'll worship the Lord. Amen. You want to know why worship doesn't happen in your life and in mine? S-I-N. Otherwise, we'd come into the house of God and we'd give him the glory and we'd worship him. Do you read the word of God? You know, we're going to get to a spot in your life. You mark it down. If you ain't been saved long, even if you have, you'll know what I'm saying. And I'm learning it. I don't really know much, but I'm learning as I go that there's going to be things that happen. I, I remember a, a pastor said this. He said, if you're one of, one of your men of God's mighty men, or you desire to be one of his mighty men of the church, one of his Aaron or hers, if I could say it like that, he said that uh, you better believe that the devil's going to come in your life and try to shake your world because he knows the stability of helping your man of God. And then when I was, time started going by, I was faced with some of those things. And you want to know what's going to happen? Eventually the word is going to offend you and I. See, preacher's going to get up and preach one day being in tune with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost God's going to come to your door and knock on your door. See, the Bible says in Proverbs 15, I believe it's 31, it says, The ear that heareth the reproof of life shall abide among the wise. Right. See, it was willing to hear the reproof of life. Where does that come from? It comes from the Word of God. See, we can be doing good, and I can be doing the best I can, but God wants better, amen. God wants holy, amen. I've got an Adamic nature. So one day the man of God's going to get up, and he's going to drop the plow in your row, and the first, the first response of the natural man is going to be like, he don't know what he's talking about. Or, or that's just his opinion. Or, or he's singling me out. Praise God for a man of God that's filled with the Holy Ghost that will single you and me out when we need it in our life. Amen. You know my family's still on a pew this morning because I had a man of God that would drop the Dixies when it needed to be dropped. And he would tell me the truth, my brother, when I needed to hear it. It's not always pleasant. Read Hebrews 12. The Bible says it. Chasing is not joyous but grievous for the moment. I never got a whip and I enjoyed my brother. But I tell you what, it says, it says it yielded the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby, and holiness. That's how we're partakers of his holiness. You want the touch of God in your life? It's got to be through this. Are you reading your Bible? Listen, get in the Word. This is, this is I, I, I like that passage preacher talks about the household of Stephanus. They've addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. There's some good things to be addicted to, amen. I don't believe you can get too much of the Word of God. Just get in there and you're going to follow God. You're going to get in His Word. And you're going to let Him shape you and mold you. You want to know what true revival is for the saint of God? It's just conforming our life to the Scriptures. That's all it is. It's just letting God do what He needs to do in our life. I, I look at the Word and the man of God to preach and then God shows me something He's not pleased with and I say, i got to get that out, Lord. Your Word's right and I'm wrong and I want to do. He said, be ye doers of the Word and not just hearers only. How often are we so guilty walking out them back doors same way we came in because we weren't willing to change something in our life. You'll get revival. I'll get revival if we'll let God do the work. So it wasn't just following God and it wasn't just filling up on His Word or being filled with the Word of God. But I find in the passage, let me get back here wherever I'm at. I find in the passage also He fasted and prayed. I like this part right here. Do you pray? Do you spend time in your secret place with God. It's almost as if he expects it. He told Peter, he said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know why a lot of folks are going into temptation and failing? They don't pray. They're not praying and spending time with God. There's an intimate life with the Lord. And I say that reverentially because he's holy. An intimacy with God. I believe that a lot of people don't know about it. I don't even know if I know. I'm just trying to scratch the surface on something far deeper. Enoch walked with God. 
John the Beloved laid his head on the very breast of God and heard his heart beat, amen. And, and Moses talked with him face to face. These people wanted to spend time with God. I remember I was praying one time, preacher, and I was in there, and I pictured myself at the Lord's feet, and he's on his throne in my prayer closet. Praise God, I want to be on the throne. And, and I got in his feet, and I went over there, and I curled up next to his feet, and I said, God, you've been so good. I said, you're so holy. I just want to kiss your feet and worship you. And then I looked at him, and I said, but, but these are sinful lips. I don't want to put sinful lips on holy feet. And preacher, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, he almost spoke to me audibly. It was almost audible. He laid it in my heart. He said, I didn't say nothing to that woman in Luke chapter number 7. I said, oh, you're God. And I started kissing his feet at his throne. Amen. Does God let you into the glory? Do you get to spend time with him? Listen, you do that. I tell you what, sin will start looking gross. What, what would look attractive to the flesh, if you've been bathing it in prayer, amen, you'll get around that and be like, I just don't like that. That just don't look good to me. That's not appealing. The reason sin's not looking so gross to some of us is because we sure ain't praying. I believe every failure in life is a prayer failure somewhere down the way, or could be. Do you, do you ask God for counsel in his word and for him to give you some sort of direction and blessings on the things of life and prayer? How about fasting? When was the last time you shoved a meal or two or three or a couple days away? Say, God, this is more important to me. I've got a burden for this in my life, and I want this to be done. You will not have the touch of God in your life. I don't believe if you don't acquire some sort of a life of prayer and fasting and let God do a work in you. You know, I've heard people say, and I'm not knocking it. I, I'm not, if anybody's ever said it here, I'm not knocking it. I've heard people say, well, you could fast from this, and you could fast from, you know, the phone for a while. I say we ought to kick them phones straight out the house. Amen. But they said you can fast from this. The only thing I find scripturally that people fasted from the Word of God was the necessary substance to live. Amen. That was food. They said, I'll push a table away for a couple of days because I want to see God do something big. That's specifically miraculous power, my brother. That dynamited my life. When I stand up to teach the class, I want it to be that we can glean something we can take with us for the rest of our life from the Word of God. When I stand up and sing, I want it to be something that will just bless the name of Jesus and folks will worship. I've seen there's this, there's this old saint of God. She's a blessing. She plays organ at our, at our church. And, uh, and Miss Davidson, Sister Davidson, she gets up sing, brother. I tell you what, it wouldn't line up with all them choirs and heavenly voices, but it's got God all over it, friend. I just weep tears down my cheeks when that lady sings. I love it. I, I wish I'd go, you don't want to be out of your place, but I wish I'd go out and preach sometime. Kiss it. Sister Davidson sing this morning. It's good. It's good. And she sings, she sings, hallelujah, what a Savior. And I'm just over there weeping at his feet. Amen. It's prayer. It's prayer. Are you praying? Uh, if we were to be truthful in here, every one of us could be doing more prayer. Let me ask you this. Do you pray more now than you used to? Are you doing more prayer? Are you spiritually closer to God now than you used to be? Or if you had to be honest with yourself with the Lord this morning, would you say, I think I need revival in my heart and in my life? It's got to be, be through prayer. See, you get into that light, that, that heavenly light, and let God show us who we are. See, that's the thing, the flesh and the pride doesn't like to see who we really are. But if you get in there, preacher, I, I, I've got to confess openly, I'll be a little transparent this morning, I've gone back into my, I've got so much garbage I deal with from my past, it's unbelievable, and the flesh knows when to pull those things up right at the right time, when I'm in church and want to worship, but specifically, brother, when I go to that closet, 
I'm telling you, there have been days where it took 45 minutes to an hour just to get past the flesh. Just to get past the flesh. And God, he moved in that place, preacher. He moved in there and I said, oh, this is what, hey, can I just share something with you? This is, when I got saved on that jail cell floor, they put me back in. They really thought I was crazy after that. But they put me back in there. I was the freest prisoner you'd ever seen, brother. I was floating through that cell and they had these long slender windows in there. And it was that, it, it was, it was new. It was the first month had to have been. But I went and got my tray one morning, went and sat down in my bunk. I didn't even want to eat. I was so happy. It was, I had life, friend, eternal life. And I sat down on that bunk and that sunlight came through, that beam of ray of light came through that window right on my face and the warmth and glow and love of God was so real I just began to cry tears, I set the tray aside I turned around and got on my bunk, just started worshiping God, but ever since that day the Lord let me allow, He let me have this little thing that He lets me do with Him in the prayer closet, and so I go to a window I had a, I had a red couch in front of this window, I'd open it up and the sunlight would come in, in the morning and I would worship my God, there's nothing better, He said, He said, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil and I'm not saying, I just, I like to be in the light with the Lord and there have been days I can't tell you how many I'm telling you the truth the Lord knows my heart I'm telling you the truth this morning there have been days where I've opened that window and it was gloomy and gray outside it wasn't a ray of, ray of light for days and I'd get down I'd get past the flesh start praying getting cleaned up in my closet say God I you're the God of heaven I sure would like to see some light this morning and dear brother I'm telling you the truth I've watched God do it a hole would open in that sky and a ray of light would come in there on me, brother, and tears come down my cheeks. And I'd lift my hands and say, Thou art the creator of all. That's my God. I couldn't tell you how many times he's done it. Still does it. Do you pray? Are you asking God to do things in your life? Because you want to give him the glory. Because you want him to use your life for his will to be done. And you want the touch of God in your life. Listen, it'll be by following God. It'll be by filling up on His Word. It'll be by fasting and praying. You won't, I believe, see, I, I don't esteem one above the other. I thought about this and I was talking to the Lord. It, to me, it's kind of like food and water. You've got to have them both. But you know, if I'm out there working in 120 degree digging a ditch, I don't need a hamburger. I need water. And there's sometimes in our spiritual life, I believe we need something more than the other at that time. When it's seasonal, when you need it. Sometimes I need prayer more than I need the Word. But then there have been situations, preacher, I've been in, and I went and got us, I don't even know where to read, but I'm just going to open it up and start reading and let you start speaking to me because I needed the word. Amen. Do, you, do you want the touch of God in your life? Specifically, miraculous power. It's going to be by fasting and praying. Finally, and this is the part that I like right here, I believe this is where the rubber meets the road. But I believe if you're doing the first three, you'll get help with this last part. He didn't just follow God. He didn't just fill up on his word. He didn't just fast and pray, but he finished the temptations faithfully. Amen. You're not going to walk with a dirty hand of sin and another hand in God's hand. Amen. It's not going to work, friend. You can't be flirting with sin and expect to come in and let the glory pour out on your church pew, if I can say it that way. You can't be looking at that filth, sir, that you're trying to look at and expect God's power to be on your life. You can't be saying or listening to those things, uh, that kind of music. Listen, I, I was, uh, the Lord let me be a song leader, and I loved music before I got saved. Well, what, what we would call music, I don't know what it is. But I, I've heard some of it since I've been saved, and it has no appeal to me. But I tell you the truth, there have been times I've been riding down the road, I was so infatuated with it, where the thought of the song would come through my mind, and I'd get the chills run up and down me. That old flesh still alive. Yeah, and your flesh is still alive. There was one man, there's a, this is a story I believe, I don't think it's true, but it makes for good illustration. This man uh, 
he would feed wild tigers and he was a lion tamer. And uh, he got a brand new tiger in one day. And he told his buddy, he said, I'm going to be feeding that in a week out of my hand. The guy saw a fresh tiger out of the woods, saying, no way in the world. He said a week later, he called his buddy over and he sure enough was feeding that thing out of his hand. He said, what's the secret? What would you do? He said, I starved it. I starved it. It ain't ate nothing. He said, now it's so weak, puny. But what the man didn't know was he had a cut on his hand, preacher. And that lion got whiff of that fresh blood. And its pupils got big and it grabbed a hold of that man and mauled him. The point of the story was is you can starve it, but it was still alive. Amen. And every one of us got an old Adamic nature. We can starve it, but it's still alive. And if we're going to follow God and have the touch of God in our life, we need to fill up in His Word. We need to fast and pray, but we're going to have to stay away from those things we know are pulling us down. Listen, if you keep going somewhere you know that you're not supposed to be, you're not trying to have the touch of God in your life. You're flirting with sin. You're, you're considering those things. And you want to know what I, what I appreciate about the Holy Spirit is He always lets me know, preacher, when I'm doing wrong. He always, always lets me know when I'm doing wrong. Brother, I've never stepped into something I wasn't supposed to be in before I had to step over the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Because He told me. He told me before I did it. And then I'll crawl back to God and say, God, I hate my flesh. The Bible says no man ever yet hated his own flesh. God said you only hated it because you got caught doing it. We have to finish those temptations faithfully and walk with the Lord. You want to know what I, what I like about God? The Bible says, be thankful at the remembrance of His holiness. Listen, God is holy, holy, holy. He's holy, friend. He is holy, holy, holy. There are seraphim that fly about Him or cherubim that, that fly around Him. And with twain they fly, with twain they cover their feet, and with twain they cover their eyes. They can't even look on Him. And they, they proclaim night and day, holy, holy, holy. And that God is in you and I, if you're saved by the grace of God, and wants to manifest His presence in our life and give us His touch and approval on our life, but He's not going to do it when you're involved in sin. Amen. Amen. I like this passage right here. I want to read it to you. I've been meditating deep on this one. It's so simple. You know, it's amazing. God made things simple for us. It wasn't that you had to have a degree, amen, to get in the Word of God and get help. You could just get in the Word of God. Listen to what the Lord said. He said here, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. You know what he said? If you'll obey me, the manifested presence of God will be in your life. Amen. That's not a disobedient or rebellious child. That's somebody that's willing to do what thus saith the Lord. In other words, when, when pastor gets up to preach and the Holy Ghost is all in your row, I love it. He said, come down to an altar. There's never a bad time. I still do that. If God's dealing with me about something, I don't care, preacher, just started preaching. I run down there to the altar and say, God, this is more important than anything. Get it right. This is where light walkers go, amen. He said, he that walks in the light, he said, uh, walk in the light as he is in the light. And they have fellowship one with another. That's the people in God, amen. And if you want to walk in the light, I believe you'll come down here to get things right with God. Amen. amen. You want to get it right. And I, I remember there's one time I, I, the preacher was preaching and God was dealing with me about it. And the Lord knows me. He knows I usually get up and come to the altar. And preacher was dealing with me about something. And the preacher, I didn't go right away. I said, I said, I need to go to the altar. And I was getting ready to get up. But brother, immediately he changed gears and he got on gross sin. I'm telling you the truth. And I sat there, and the Holy Spirit almost nudged me, so I thought you were going to go to the altar. I said, but God, if I get up and go now, everybody's going to think I'm guilty of that right there. Oh, 
I mean, I'm just being honest with you. That's what I was thinking. Everybody's going to think that's me in my life right there. And brother, it's almost all about the Lord said to you, more important about, is it more important what people think or about getting things right with me? I got up out of my pew, went down there, and I said, I don't care what they think, God. I want to get it right with you. I want to get it right with you. Do you want the touch of God in your life? And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. The power. Watching God do specifically miraculous things. There was evidence of it because the verse says he was glorified of all. I believe if we're walking in the Spirit and have the touch of God in our lives, the Lord will be glorified. So how about it this morning, church? Is there something in your life? Something maybe God's not pleased with with you that the Lord spoke to you about? There's an old-fashioned altar down here you can come to and get it right. If you're not saved in here this morning, please don't leave here without giving your life to Jesus. You'll never regret giving your heart and life to Christ. Best thing anybody could ever do is get born again. Listen, you don't have to leave here lost if God's dealt with you about salvation. All you have to do is be willing to humble yourself, come down and repent. Say, God, I changed my mind about everything I've been doing. And I'm asking you to save me. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He promised he'd save you. He'll do his part. He's faithful and has every time. He's never broke a promise. But we've got to do our part this morning. Father, we sure love you and we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your help today. My God, I thank you for your word. And I pray that you'd have your will and way in the remainder of the service. And in the invitation, Father, I pray you deal with folk as only you can. And Holy Spirit, you would show us our condition before you. And may we be willing to get these things out of our life that hinder us from serving you. They hinder us from drawing closer to you, from doing the will of God and having that touch in our life, and from true revival. Father, I pray that you would help our hearts to be strengthened by obedience to the word of God. And we'll be certain to praise you and to thank you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.